When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, thank you for joining me for another week of Ask Floss. Okay, let's get right into it with the first question. What would be or is in your dating app bio? So I'm not on any dating apps, but what would be in my dating app bio? It would be something silly like, let's go find a spot to frolic and fuck in the sun. That would be the bio. Moving on to the next question. I find it easier to speak out when men I don't really know are making me or my friends uncomfortable. But when it's a close friend of over 13 years, I'm finding it really hard to speak up and say something. Do you have any advice about how to talk to your closest mates when they're overstepping some boundaries? Yeah, because you're dealing with a lot of guilt and you're dealing with a lot of holding the weight of their feelings, right? And I think that there's a fine line between asserting yourself um, and being able to stand up for what you believe in and then feeling like you're infringing on the friendship or whatever. But a safe friendship allows you to assert yourself and stand up for your opinions. You should be able to actually not only assert yourself, but sometimes be a bit of a dick in a space that is safe and then apologise later. Do you know what I mean? So even if I'm... The, the fact you're even asking me this question kind of shows to me that you're not even really like capable of being the worst person on earth so if you think the worst person your version of being the worst person on earth is probably saying hey that was really offensive that is not like people people are liars people are manipulators what you're doing is not a bad thing so try to get out of your head that by asserting your opinion in a friendship and talking to someone about their behavior is like the worst thing on earth it really is not um and I think that what perhaps you're afraid of, again, I don't know your situation, is kind of rocking the boat with the dynamic. When we're friends with people, we tend to have these almost like invisible contracts of what the friendship is. And if the friendship dynamic is, let's say, currently, let's say the friends around you are more dominant and they make all the plans, they make all the decisions and you're someone in the friendship who's submissive. And when you finally stand up for yourself, that kind of becomes a problem. And it's harder to stand up for yourself than it would be uh, for someone who's used to doing it because you change the contract of the friendship. Even though contracts between friendships are never actually said out loud, there are these rules that just happen and then become set, especially when they become a pattern over time. So what I would say is you are going to change a pattern here. If you're not used to speaking out to your friends or if it's your guy friends, then you're changing a pattern and patterns take time to form. So if you're going to change a pattern you might have to don't expect to tell someone who's had a pattern of years and years and years to change it in one go what I look for in personal growth and progress is someone who tries and then tries again and tries again and then if they mess up they go oh sorry I didn't mean to say that I really I'm really working on this whatever I think I like to see those kind of signs of growth in those friendships so that's the kind of things I would say to look out for okay on to the next question Hey Floss, I'm a queer woman with a bit of a dilemma. At the start of my sexuality journey, I questioned whether I liked girls or femme-presenting people, but now it's turned around to be the quite opposite. I know that I love women, but it's men I'm bloody confused about. 
It's like I can be emotionally and mentally attracted to men in theory, but when it's time to take the next step, I'm just not that physically attracted to them in an intimate way. It's frustrating and confusing that these three types of attraction just don't align entirely for me. Can you talk a bit about the different types of attraction and how to navigate them? So I'm no expert on your sexuality. I'm an expert on mine. And even then, I still don't fucking know, babes. So I resonate a lot with the whole, oh, at the start of my journey, I was wondering whether I like girls. Now I don't know if I like men. Totally uh, relate and resonate with that. My number one thing, people ask me all the time, Floss, how did you know if you were bi or lesbian? I still don't know and I'm okay never knowing. And I think that was the point of acceptance for me. You've asked me here, you know, like it's all confusing. That's okay. And I think Jen Winston, she wrote the book, uh, greedy and it's all about being bisexual it's amazing you should definitely go read it and buy it she said perhaps the most queer thing of all is confusion and I think it is it's confusion about your sexuality and then you get onto gender and you're like oh fuck how much of I'm how much of me is a woman and how much of that is fucking programmed what even is a woman and you go into this kind of like existential spiral where you're wondering what's what and who's what and what's this and what's that that's okay and honestly I would try to reframe the perspective and look at it as a fucking beautiful thing that you're at this place of questioning everything a lot of people wouldn't even get to this point of questioning their decisions questioning their sexuality questioning the way they are and I think it's a really gorgeous place to be in try if you can to just accept that you may never know you may never know who you find hot you find hot and that's okay. I understand that sometimes it's great to have labels because we find community in labels. But try just talking to a bunch of other confused bisexuals, honestly, because there are a lot of them. Okay, on to the next question. Hey Floss, I've been binging all of your content on body image. Just finished the one with Lindsay and Lexi and oh my god, I felt that. I'm a CrossFit athlete and I'm never more in my body than when I'm training and we use that phrase, your body is an instrument, not an ornament. But it's so difficult because we often get so much hate for the way we look. Despite just doing our sport for enjoyment, we get the you look like a man comments and don't get too big, etc. Because I guess we're not performing traditional femininity. I'm a bigger girl, size 18, and my platform spans across to body positivity too for that reason. I have body fat and muscle and I want to appreciate my body more for what it can do than what it looks like. But we get so much pushback from particularly women, even in the body positive community about our bodies. I guess my question is, why do you think muscular women still get so much hate for having muscles? And what do you think we can do about this? I think it all comes down to like your basic classic misogyny and not liking masculinity on women and wrapping a fucking pretty bow around it. Do you know what I mean? Like, people are going to be, I don't even know, like, don't get too big. Uh, you look like a man. It's so also transphobic. It's just bullshit. It's bullshit, babe. It's bullshit. It's classic sexist bullshit. There's no other word for it. And I'm so glad that you can see that it's bullshit. It's their, it's their ignorance. It's not your problem. Um, just keep doing what you're fucking doing. Sounds like you're doing a great job. Sounds like you're empowering a lot of people, particularly women who want to work out. Um, and want to feel strong and want to feel great in their bodies, that should not be an experience reserved for fucking men. Just keep doing you. Honestly, you've got this. Okay, on to the next question. I'm 24 and a bisexual woman, but I've never actually kissed or slept with another woman. I was in a long-term relationship with a man during my years of sexual exploration, but now that I'm single and ready to mingle, I'm so anxious and scared of sleeping with a woman for the first time. Do you have any advice or affirmations to get over my fears? 
Yes. Just remember, if you're sleeping with another woman, it's going to be different, but also not that different. It's two bodies smushing together. Yes, you use your hands a lot more than you do if you're having sex with someone with a uh, penis. And it's going to be different. It's probably going to be longer, probably going to be... It's just going to be different. Different, not scary. I want you to know that. Different, not scary. And different feels like scary sometimes because it's unknown. And it's totally normal that you're going to feel like this is scary but it's only scary because it's unknown and unknown can also be extremely fucking exciting any advice you need to feel confident in yourself going into it try to talk to the woman that you're going to have sex with about your feelings beforehand talking about sex on the date before you actually go and shag is a really good idea and all that kind of stuff definitely helped prep me before I took a woman home Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed with mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Okay, next question. Floss, talk to me about astrology. Sun sign, moon sign, rising sign. I don't want to share them because sometimes when you share them, I've had people cast spells and do weird things to me once I've um, told them my big three. So I'm going to keep that in my back pocket. Okay, on to the next question. Is Eartha based on you? No, Eartha is a lot braver than me. I feel like I lived vicariously through Eartha in the novel. She's a lot braver than me. She's also a lot more naive. And the journey that Eartha goes on is very extreme. But definitely I've pulled from my own emotions that I've felt before. I feel like most writers have to pull from the horrible experiences and feelings that you've had and the joyful experiences that you had as well um, when it comes to writing metaphors about how you feel about things, how I feel about sunsets, how I feel about women, um, all those sorts of feelings I've had to pull from my life. And I think that the characters in the novel are so rich and complex because I've pulled from things I've seen and things I've experienced, but I wish I was as brave as Eartha in my novel. Okay, on to the next question. Can we have an audio tat tour? Okay, yeah, so on my my left hand I have a rose and on my right hand I have a snake and a little sparkly thingy. All of those are done by Molly the Bumting on Instagram. On my legs I have a cowgirl and a tattoo on my other thigh that says Oh Sweet Nothing, which is my favourite Velvet Underground song. Then on my right arm I have... Hold on, I need to take my jacket off to have a look. On my right arm, I have a cowboy boot. I have a woman's face with some cherries underneath it that says, Just Like Honey, which is a Jesus and Mary Chain song. 
Then I have um, a woman holding a martini glass. That was by Girl New York on Instagram. Um, and then on my left arm, I have a tattoo that says Gut Feeling by Happy For Never on Instagram. That's uh, their name. They are in uh, Glasgow. And then I have my first ever tattoo, which is of a naked woman by Sweet As A Nut. She also did my cowgirl. Um, and then I have a tattoo that I got when I was drunk, which is a simple arrow. No, it's a simple heart with a bow and arrow through it. Not the bow, just the arrow. That's my shitty tattoo tour. There you go. Oh, I also have one that just says women on the back of my arm. Okay, on to the next question. Hi, I'd like my question to be anonymous. Love the podcast, really need your advice. I feel my friends have left me out. They've started to do stuff without me and stopped texting. I haven't said or done anything to cause this as I'm very easygoing and laid back within our group. I see them out all the time and I'm just left to my own company. I feel very upset and depressive over this. It's left me irritated at my life and myself. Is friendship grief a real thing? And if so, how can I handle it? That sounds so horrible and isolating and lonely. And the first thing that came to my mind was, well, it's happened to me before. And it was in my situation when I started to do things um, that opposed the group. So it's a bit like, and I'm not being dramatic when I say this, please take this as an extreme metaphor. It's a bit like a cult. A friendship group has rules, right? So if one person in the group decides to deviate from those rules, even slightly a little bit, it can be seen as an opposition to the group and to the identity of the people in the group. So you've not said that you've done anything differently, but it can literally be that you've stopped. Let's say all your friends smoke and you've stopped smoking. And this is an immature group of people. They might start to do the whole, you're, you're, you think you're too good for us thing now, or you don't want to come to this place because you don't smoke. And then all of a sudden the dynamic changes because people assume that you don't want to go to places because you don't smoke. Or it could be that you're not in a nice you're in a not nice friendship group where you've started to get nice things for yourself and people think that you've betrayed the group because you've outgrown them. I would definitely Google crabs in a bucket, the metaphor, crabs in a bucket, um, which basically describes how when crabs are caught at sea and they land in a bucket, they can collectively help each other to get out of the bucket and escape and survive and thrive. But what they do instead is when one crab almost claws its way out of the bucket, they all collectively pull the crab down because they don't want the crab to survive. They just want everyone in the bucket to die with them. And this happens in communities, it happens in small towns, it happens in friendship groups. If there's a pattern established, they would rather pull you down. And sometimes the way that women pull other women down is by making them feel weak by isolating them. And that happens. It happens a lot. It's not nice, but sometimes it happens and it has nothing on you. If anything, it's often a reflection of your greatness because they need to do all of the things to reduce your strength. It could also be absolutely none of those things. Again, this is completely unprofessional advice, but I'm basing it off my experience. Okay, on to the next question. How do I handle all of this pain and fear and rage I feel in the aftermath of Roe v. Wade being overturned? So everyone on Instagram <coughs> has asked me to speak about this and I just said I have nothing profound to add to the discussion of this. I feel like everything has been said. It's so hideous. It's so disgusting that people in power are still making decisions about our bodies. It makes you wonder if they ever even really belong to us. There's also lots of theories about why it's happening um, that are just horrendous to hear. You've said how you've asked me how do I handle all this pain, fear and rage. I cannot tell you how to handle it. I'll tell you how I would handle it. Um, I'm assuming that this is deeply affecting you. Um, maybe you live in America. Um, Sometimes you want to 
do activist work. That that always helped for me to be loud, to feel seen and heard where I wasn't feeling seen and heard when things were impacting my life and my rights. In situations of injustice, I like to gather around with people to talk about how fucking shit it is. That makes me feel better. Uh, maybe you want to unplug from the news. Maybe you don't, you don't need to listen to it, by the way. And you don't need to constantly know about every single awful thing that's going on with the Roe v. Wade law being overturned to be a good person. If this is something that's impacting you, whatever, it's it's entirely okay to unplug. You do not need to carry around the baggage of all of this awful update. However, some people feel more in control and safe when they know what's going on. So there's no right way to handle this, but I hope that any of those three options can help you. But my, my number one point of advice is to just talk to people about it. I'm sending you so much fucking love. Okay, on to the next question. What's the best and worst party you've ever been to? Well, the worst party has probably got to be some crappy house party I went to when I was like 14 when I stuffed my boobs with chicken fillets and listened to like Dizzy Rascal and sipped my massive bottle of cider in the corner and waited for boys to talk to me. Like that's just got to be like the peak misery of like wanting men to like you. <laughs> it's like taping your tits up with all your friends, waiting for men to choose you and hating other girls because of it. That's just got to be like the silliest, but also most iconic. If you think about it, the image of all, oh, it's a very British experience, but doing all of that shit, it's good, funny and silly memories, but definitely peak like misery for my femininity, for my happiness and the way I felt about my body. The best party I've ever been to? Hmm. Probably New Year's Eve at the pub, just gone. Um, there's definitely loads of more amazing nights out that I've had. But there was such a sense of euphoria in the pub. Everyone was snogging. Everyone was kissing. It just platonically, romantically, whatever. Um, I had friends swinging off the chandeliers, dancing on the uh, on the bar. I wore a top and I was dancing on the table and then my friend, he fell off the table and clutched onto my top to support him. And then my tits came out because the top broke. And then a friend shouted at me across from the other side of the pub, floss your tits are out. And then everyone saw. And then I just took the top off and closed my blazer and then carried on dancing on the pub table. And it was amazing. Okay, on to the next question. Who was someone you've met that wasn't how you expected them to be? Hmm. I think anytime I meet friends offline that I've made online, I'm always pleasantly surprised by how much softer people are in person. That's been my experience, making friends with women and dates and stuff. Um, I've dated someone who surprised me offline. They were a lot softer um, in person and were wonderful. Um, I think you get to see people's humanness offline. So I'm always pleasantly surprised when I meet people offline. Not always, but like the people I choose to surround myself with, right? Uh, I know that's a really annoying answer, but yeah. Okay, on to the next question. Have you ever been totally starstruck by someone you've met? And what did you say? No, I can't think. And I don't mean that in a no one start, no one ever makes me feel nervous. People make, women make me feel nervous all the fucking time. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say when I first met Monroe, um, who I've interviewed on the show also, uh, when we first met before we were friends, I went, I actually went to go see her talk. 
and I was so starstruck by her because uh, I think she's fucking incredible and what she's done, what she's done for the queer community and forwarding the conversation for trans rights in the UK is just ridiculous. Also, I interviewed Leila Saad. Leila Saad was like my Beyonce and I was obsessed with her. So probably those people, I've never met Leila in person. I can't think off the top of my head now. If any of my friends are listening to this, they're probably like, oh my God, babes, there are so many times. Um, maybe I've just mentally blocked them out. Okay, on to the next question. Dream people to collaborate with. Honestly, and this is such an annoying answer, I feel like I've collaborated with a lot of my heroes. Oh, dream person, obviously Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Dream person to collaborate with. Just on anything, really. I would love to do anything with that woman. Hey, Floss, I'm bisexual, I think, and I'm attracted to men, but whenever I get to know them, something is holding me back because in the back of my mind, I'm like, ew, it's a man. I'm not sure if this is because I'm compet or I'm choosing the wrong guys. So for anyone listening, compet is compulsory heterosexuality, which is essentially what lesbians experience where they don't actually like men, but heterosexuality has been so compulsory, even in sex education, we're not taught about queer sex, right? To the point where it's almost indoctrinated into you and it's compulsory, um, but not something that comes innate or something that comes naturally to you. Um, if you're thinking, ooh, it's a man, this could be a trauma thing. This could be that you're a lesbian. This could be that you don't want to be into men right now. Honestly, sometimes, depending on what's going on in politics, a lot of women just want to avoid men entirely because they're so enraged. Whatever reason that you don't want to be with men is totally valid. I saw something online recently that was like, uh, men are the only thing we force ourselves to have to like. Like, you don't have to force yourself to be like is it because of this is it because of that if you don't want to be with men at the moment you don't want to be with men and there doesn't have to be a reason behind it don't force yourself to be like but I should because I'm bi right if you don't like men you don't like men right now and that's okay I previously answered, answered a question on here where I said you know kind of learn to grow into acceptance with realizing that maybe you'll never know your sexuality and I find a lot of peace with that as always, thank you for listening and getting in touch. It really means so much to me. Same time next week for more Ask Floss. Can't wait to chat next week. 